Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. This is Maria Katsonis here. Deb is unfortunately not going to be on this episode. This is just an all me type of episode for this week. This is episode 137. Holy moly. I can't believe we have this many episodes. And uh, this is probably the first one that uh, Deb's not on at all because there is part two of our interview with Jamie Schreier. He's a physical therapist and he's the CEO of Practice Freedom U. So stay tuned that I'm going to be, it's going to be part two of my interview with him where he focuses specifically on running a business and starting And it's great to hear someone who's in a similar yet different field because perhaps some things are different, of course, right? We are in different disciplines, but we are both members that work with individuals who from different ages, early intervention, all the way to geriatric and individuals in between. So before I get more about that, I just wanted to... Start by saying that, first of all, I can't believe this is 137 episodes. When I say that number out loud, it's like, whoa, so close to 140, so close to 150. Didn't think this podcast would go this far. So if you are out there and listening and you love this podcast and you want these numbers to keep escalating, you know, you want to hear episode 200 one day reach out to us. It means so much to us. If you just, you could email us. We have gotten a few emails. Our email is slps, S-L-P-S, wine and cheese, all one word at gmail.com. Or if you're following us on Instagram, our handle is slps, wine and cheese, and there, wine and cheese pod. That's what it is. And you'll see some uh, some back of behind the scenes videos, pictures of Deb and I. Lately, we've been putting my dance videos on there and I've been getting lots of great feedback for that. I'm not going to lie. I'm very shy, you know, to take the video, let alone post it. And I am someone who has been dancing since I was like four years old. I believe I saw some famous dancers, maybe the Rockettes, maybe it was just a Broadway show. Not sure. I saw it when I was a young child, like three, four years old. And I asked my mom to enroll me and she did. And I love dance and I dance all through elementary school, middle school, high school, and even up to college. And once, you know, uh, shout out to the SLP speech majors who are undergrad right now. Once you have to start doing internships, you have to kind of let go of these like, you know, quote unquote, extracurricular activities or these hobbies. And you come to this point where it's like, okay, you know, you're shifting. I have only so much time. Do I want it to focus on my career or my passion that I want to create as my career or balance both? For me, I was unable to balance both. So I, you know, quit dancing school and of course would stay fit, but, you know, wasn't the same as like going and learning choreography with proper technique. It's definitely different. And then I just 
pursued my degree, did my internships, grad school, worked as a grad assistant. I didn't know how I was going to balance dance there at all, which I really didn't. So now I'm at this point where I look at it as I need some fun in my life, right? We can't just always be working and on the go. Life has to have somewhat of a balance. So I was like, why not sign up for these dance classes? It's great exercise. You know, I have a wedding July 30th that I have this dress I would love to feel fully confident in. And uh, I love it and I enjoy it. And now I take videos and people write to me or comment and they say how I'm killing it. It just makes me feel great. So thank you for that. So that is my heart welcome. Thank you. So it's um, also I wanted to say for for Deb and I, I think I would speak for the both of us now that our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine and we're just praying for them and the world is a very scary place essentially always but especially now in these times and just have to you know one day at a time and the only way is just to get through it and you know I say our prayers are with the people of Ukraine anyway moving on I also wanted to talk about part one of the interview with Jamie. So the full uh, the full interview is seven points of seven tips of growing your business to a seven-figure business. So the first tip, it was in last episode, but I just wanted to reiterate them and give my little thoughts on them. So the first tip he gives is establish a goal. So, okay, if you want to create a business, what is the goal of the business? I'm assuming you want to earn money, right? Obviously, but more than just earning the money, is it something that you're earning this business so you have more time, so you could specialize on a certain population? You know, what exactly is your goal? So I was thinking this too, like as of right now, my current situation, I do not want to open up a business that would just be too many plates for me to carry. And I only have two hands, but perhaps in the future, I'm open to the possibility that perhaps maybe one day I would open up my own practice. There, I would like the goal to be, hmm, thinking about this now, what would my goal be when creating a business? I would say also just like more awareness for speech therapy and something that people, you know, driving by, they could see like, oh, wow, you know, it's not just like, oh, you work with people with a lisp or you only help people that stutter, right? So it might have something like language enrichment classes, mommy and me classes, just a way to show how communication is everywhere. And so is language and just how we showing that in the business side, like, oh, come on in. We have, you know, strategies that we could teach parents or even grandparents, something like that. So just more awareness to the field than creating an avatar. So, you know, I joke around about this with Jamie. I was like, you know, like the blue people, like the movie. So not that. That's where I think when I hear avatar. But um, who is the population and more specifically, So in the interview, I was thinking like, I am passionate about working with children with stutter and that would be a great way for me to 
only focus, not even just children, individuals of all different ages. So like that would be my avatar, like some to a stuttering clinic, let's say, and different different classes for parents and support groups. And maybe even if we had like an adult stuttering group and different events that they can go to or how they can be more in the community because that's so important too, right? Carrying over their strategies into the community. So linking up with perhaps like different restaurants or different like clubs and maybe an open mic night, like that would be really ideal for someone who stutters. So something like that. Now I'm getting motivated. Now I'm like, hmm, maybe I can balance this plate. But honestly, who am I kidding? I am overwhelmed. So (laughs) anyway, the third point Jamie said was delegate, which I think is just overall great advice. Delegate. So you can't expect yourself to run the front desk, see the patients, do the billing, right? You have to hire people for that and knowing the right person for each job and not biting off more than you can chew. So that was another great tip. So that is my little intro for Jamie Schreier's interview. But before I end, I just want to give an SLP shout out to Clanguage. It's like, what? It's That's the her Instagram page. But it's Hinda Rubin. Shout out, Hinda. Thank you for messaging us and being so supportive on the podcast. So check out her page. Her link is in the show notes. Speaking of the show notes, I will also have this announcement in the show notes, but I just wanted to give a verbal announcement first. This is from Jamie's company, who's our guest, Practice Practice Freedom You, excuse me, he, they have an upcoming marketing generating referrals workshop for our practice owners located in Gathsburg, Maryland. It is Thursday and Friday, March 24th and 25th. So you have today is the seventh, let's say. So you have one, two weeks, but it's a Thursday and a Friday. So you have over two weeks. Depends on what day you're listening to this, but about over two weeks at about 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. So there's going to be 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the first day, excuse me. Then there's a happy hour. And then at 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. the second day. So Thursdays 8 to 5 plus happy hour. And then Fridays 8 to 3. Okay, that's fair. Get out early on a Friday. And it's regularly $497 to attend, but they're going to waive that fee for our SLP's Wine and Cheese listeners where it will only be $97. Pretty much that covers the food because you're going to have breakfast and lunch for both days. Not sure if it includes the alcohol, though. Let's, I don't know about that. But definitely if you're interested and you're in the Gathersburg, Maryland area and you're free Thursday and Friday, March 24th and 25th, and you want to learn more about marketing and get get generating referrals. This sounds like a really great workshop. Workshop. So we've included this in the show notes as well. So that is all I wanted to say for today, for today's episode. And uh, stay tuned right after this music for my interview with Jamie Schreier. He's going to talk about four, five, six, and seven. He's going to have four more points about growing your business. Ciao.
Right. We want to avoid that, especially if you have your own business, right? That the whole point of maybe of starting your business was to have more control and to, as a result, be happier. So business does not have to be this difficult, arduous. I hate this thing. It could actually be a lot of fun. You could help a lot of people and you can help create a lifestyle that you want. So the, once you start delegating things, regardless what it is, the next thing that you want to do in the step four is you want to start creating some type of system, mm-hmm. some type of process. And I don't like to overcomplicate these things. Right. You know, you have a system, you have a process. We got on this call and you said, okay, uh, actually, before we got on this call, you sent me a thing and say, okay, well, here's what you want to be prepared for. One, two, three, four. Right. Here's what we're going to talk about. One, two, three, four, five. This checklist is a process. Absolutely. You didn't create that every single time. Right. You created it once or maybe modified it a little bit. And then once you're like, that's good, you send it out to every single guest. What does that do? It creates consistency. It ensures that you don't have to take your time recreating this thing by scratch every single time. It creates a feeling from my sense that, wow, she's really organized. She has her, she has her stuff together. This is going to be really a great experience. This is what consistency does for people. Mm-hmm. So by starting to look at what, what can you organize and systematize in your business, especially things that are done again and again and again, it Absolutely. could be as simply as how you answer the phone. Right. Or how you if you hire somebody. They should it, know what they're doing and making appointments too, and what questions to ask, or this is our intake form, like you mentioned before. And it makes their job easier. Right. And as a patient, you don't want to go into an office and it's like, they don't even know what's happening. You know, like, where's my insurance card? And (laughs) you lost my phone number again. And I told you not to call me at this number, you know, like, so. So what does that do when you go in and have that experience? And we've all that experience, right? Mm -hmm. We've gone into a doctor's office or we've gone into a restaurant. We've gone into somewhere where it was like disorganized. And we're Mm -hmm. like, what was the first thing you're thinking? You're like this people, they people, they don't know what they're doing here. It's not that they're bad people, but it looks like they don't know what they're doing, which immediately does what reduces the trust that you have in them. Right. Right. They could be fantastic. And if you went in to see the doctor, the doctor could be awesome. And you're like, oh my God, there's greatest doctor. The place, ugh. But I only come, it's it's my dentist, but I only come twice a year. So you're willing to deal with it for that. But for a place that you're going back again and again and again, mm-hmm. you see the bar is pretty low in healthcare in general. Right. It doesn't take a lot to create you know, an experience, which is a, a, a later one that I'll talk about. But having a process or having a way of doing something helps your staff be consistent in delivering it, which then creates the consistent result and a consistent experience. Biggest thing I've heard, because we, we train a lot of uh, management and directors uh, and, and emerging leaders from places, the biggest thing they tell us when we say, what's your number one problem? That if you could just get rid of this, you would be so much happier. And it's like, I'm just not sure what's expected. I'm just mm-hmm. confused on what I should be doing. Not for everything, but for some things. A system, a process helps relieve that. Definitely. So that's why the minute know. you start delegating, you want to have system. Right. We need to know what's expected expected of us. Set Absolutely. up those 
Yeah. Set up those clear expectations. I like that. And of course, there's other things involved in each one of these steps, but these are kind of the highlight points that people can take. Definitely. The next thing is our favorite metrics. We got to have metrics. I know we don't particularly fall in love with metrics. And some of us to say, I'm not a math major and all that. Right. I know, but metrics, here's what Track, metrics do. Tracking data or progress. I think the SLPs are like metrics. What? Maybe that's the PT term, but that's okay. Well, tracking metrics, data, metrics are just, that, it's numbers. data. Got it's it. numbers. It's numbers, numbers on a page. So what it's doing is helping you get objective information. Correct. We track it. Everyone tracks it in your, your profession. You're going to track progress. You have to, right? You can't just be like, how are they doing? Ah, I think they're doing pretty good. I think they're fine. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, there has to be some measurable progress on some level, right? Right. I agree. Well, you have to apply that to your business. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to apply these metrics, this data, these statistics to key areas of your business. So then you can sit there and look at, let's say, a dashboard, which is just a bunch of metrics on a page. And say, well, how well are we doing? Not how well I think we're doing or I hope I'm doing, but how well are we doing? Right. And this is where the rubber meets the road, really seeing this in in real time of, well, how many new patients did we get? How many visits did we see? How much money did we bill? How much money did we collect? What was our cancellation rate? This is like sometimes scary stuff because we don't necessarily want to know that because it's like, Ooh, what if it's bad? Right. But this helps you start to create a business that can be more consistent, more um, financially solvent, and actually help more people. Absolutely. Right. And this is the reality, right? This is the meat and the potatoes of how much, you know, what are we, how many patients are coming in? I think this is very important. Yeah, you got to track progress. That's what metrics are doing. It's just numbers tracking progress. Yes, don't be afraid it, of them. Don't be afraid of them. They're not afraid of you. Right. They're just a number on a page. And no matter what it is, it's all about improving them. Right. How do we yes. improve them? Good point. Good point. Right? That's what we do for a living. People come to us in a state of some kind of problem or pain. And what do we do? We help solve it. We improve their condition. Well, your business is the same thing. We can try to improve their condition. Great. Regardless how small or big or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the number six, number six is probably one of my favorites. I was kind of alluding to it before. Number six is all about delivering the wow experience. Yes. Wow. Wow experience. Not usually said in the world of healthcare. Not really. No, that's more like Disney World. Yes. But think about this. The bar in healthcare, I always like to use, uh, and I just went to a doctor who did this, and I only see this doctor every several years, so that's the only reason I deal with this crap. Mm -hmm. I go in there, they still have the old school windows that they shut and start talking and cackling, and then they open up. We're like, hello, name, uh, Jamie, last name, Shrar. Here you go, fill these out, have a seat, be with you in a moment. Like, like it's still like that, like old school. That is the opposite of the experience that we have the ability to create. So by delivering the wow experience, what you're doing is intentionally creating the experience that you want to deliver to your patients. From the moment they call you, the moment they come in, 
the moment they engage with you, the moment they have these interactions with you, this is not accidental. How do you want to meet them where they are and create them? Like, let's say if someone's coming in, let's say the stuttering person, they're coming in. They haven't had anybody ever help them. Mm-hmm. They're embarrassed. The parents are a little embarrassed. How do you think they feel when they first come into your went to your office? Right. I would imagine they're nervous to even like say their name, you know, because name is something people who stutter, they usually stutter on their name. So even just like that first question, hi, what's your name? And then, oh my gosh, they're already probably stressed out. So you already know that they're anxious, mm-hmm. they're embarrassed, they're nervous. Now, if you were not attuned to that, you could hire someone that comes in and can I have your name? My, 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 I, need, I need your name. Right, right. Seriously, I need, I need your name. Look, we're, we, right. we got an appointment right now. Oh my like, gosh. You could say something or look in a certain way, which you're probably more likely than, than saying something. You could look impatient. You see, you want to make sure that you are putting off the right feel and meeting people where you know they are with your avatar group, because not every group is going to feel the same. Right. Not every group is going to have the same level of emotions. That stuttering group, you could dive in specifically and you can know right from the get go how you want them to feel when they come to you and how you can make their life easier. Maybe you have them write it down. Maybe you already know this information because they're writing down their information before they come in. So you could say, hey, is this John Smith? Yes. Oh, welcome, John. Like, it's no big deal. You are so you are so ready for anything that they throw that they immediately be, be calmed down. This is all not an accident. This is the ability that we as practice owners can create that experience if we're clear on who we're trying to help and understand how they may feel in, especially in the beginning, when they first call and they first come in and those initial visits. So this is what creating that experience is all about. And when you do this and you do it in a consistent way, you will get so many darn word of mouth referrals You may not even have to do this next step, which is the last step. The last step is it's all about developing your network. Marketing is all about really what people say to you when you're not around. I like that. That's what marketing is. It's how you show up in the world, in your community, what people are talking about. So when we talk about developing your network, we're talking about connecting with people that have a connection or influence over your ideal patients, your avatar. Again, this is why the avatar is so important because when you're clear on, let's say the stuttering, then you know that, well, okay, well, who would have influence over stutterers? There could be groups. There could be, um, you know, um, specific doctors. Maybe there's other... Uh, a speech pathologist that see these people, but they aren't really specialists in it. So they look to refer out to other people. Definitely. There could be schools. There could be nurses. 
There could be so many different people that when you start putting your mind to it, again, targeting this group, let's say of stutterers, you'll start creating your list of people that then you can reach out and start to connect with. Not try to sell. We're not, you know, we don't need to do all that. All we're doing is trying to see how we can help. Right. Like, hi, I, uh, I specialize in stuttering. Here's my business card, something like that. Here's my website. If you have any patients who have expressed that they want therapy, speech therapy for their stuttering, feel free to pass on my card. That's how people typically do it. Okay. I would just say, hey, Maria, I'd love to set up a time to talk to you a little bit more about you and your business and to see, you know, if there might be a way that we could possibly work together. Mm-hmm. And then when I meet you, I want to know about you. So tell me, how did, how did you get into the whole field? How did you start focusing on, on, on stuttering patients? What is like one of your biggest challenges? Well, one of the challenges we have, we don't really, you know, we're not really set up to do treatment. This person needs to be seen twice a week and needs to have all types of different exercises to do. Oh, is that something that you, you need help with? Well, you know what? That's one of the specialties we have. I'd love to help you out. Do you see the difference in the business card? And if you need us, let us know versus creating the relationship, which we are very good at. But when it comes to marketing, we all of a sudden switch into this mode of doing everything not to actually have the relationship. Uh Everything just to be passive in one way. Right. So you're saying to be like more like friends or like get to know each other more rather than just be too like formal, like here's my card, here's your card. And then I might lose your card and never call you ever. <laughs> right. Always be genuine. Always be genuine. Yeah. Be authentic and go in with a helpful mindset. I like this. You're only here to help. You're not here to try to get them to refer patients. Mm-hmm. I never go into a relationship trying to get patients. I know patients will come, but it only comes when we have rapport, which is trust, likability. And when they've developed enough trust in me that I'm not trying to pitch them and give them yet another business card, but they, they, they feel that I care about their well-being, their well-being, not just the well-being of their, of their patients. That only happens when you get out of your own head and look at truly trying to help someone else. Yeah, I could see that. I see. I like all your tips. So we have one, establish a goal. Two, create an avatar. Three, delegate. Four, systemize. Five, track progress. Six, deliver a wow experience. And seven, develop your network. That's it. If you do that, Every single person listening, whether you're 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 still in uh, your you know side hustle mode or if you're in your solopreneur mode, you will get to that next level. If you're a side hustle, you do this, you will have to leave your job right now because you will okay. be so busy. There you if go. you're a solopreneur, you will be looking for the next person to hire. That will be scary, but it's going to be exciting too, and you will start to have more control over your business and over your life, and you'll be helping so many more people. And there's not a lack of people out there for us to help. This is what moves me. This is what my purpose is. There's too many people out there not getting the care and not getting in the way that I know people can deliver. And 
It's because we don't know how to do it. We know technically how to deliver, but we don't know that business. And I don't want to limit anyone that wants to, to be able to do it. Because you know what? School is a heck of a lot harder than the stuff I'm telling you. I agree. It's just foreign to us. It's just uncomfortable, but it's doable. It's definitely doable. And I mean, you're doing it right now, right? So Jamie is living proof right here that you can run a successful business and help people and not be super burnt out. And it's okay to make money too. We all have bills to pay. Yeah, we need, we need, we don't have to feel bad about making some money. No, no, we've, I've talked about this with another guest too. And, um, with Rachel Madelt for the listeners uh, about that, you need to charge to keep you going too, to keep you to keep learning and to help the patients also. And that's how it keeps working. Right. In you don't, you them. don't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. Ah. You, you don't help the unfortunate people out there by making yourself poor and unfortunate. I like just because you, you make yeah. money. Doesn't make you an asshole. Right. You're an asshole, whether you made money or not. Right. Money is not that factor. It's your character is what makes you. And all of us, I believe, have a strong character. You're an SLP. One of my good friends is an SLP. She's an awesome person. It's okay that she's making money and charging what she's charging because she's delivering a valuable service. So it's about having self-worth. And I think too many times in our field, and I know PTs like this, SLPs probably even more so. Probably. We don't have the self-worth mm. that we need to have to be able to truly deliver the power and the, and the solutions that we can be delivering out there. Well, you heard it here, everyone. Find that self-worth, okay? And charge accordingly for your time and do all those seven steps if you want to run that successful business. So, so can you just repeat that quote one more time? I like to end our episodes with a quote. You said you don't. You don't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. You don't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. I like it. And I do have another quote because I saw that you like to end things with a quote. I have an yeah. Albert Einstein quote, which Ooh. is interesting because I researched this and there's like 30 different versions. And it was adapted from something else he said, but I still like it because we're all here. I think a lot of stuff I'm talking might be the first time someone's ever heard this kind of talk, this business talk. But the quote goes, you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that was used to create it. Nice. This is what my company is really all about is we have a certain way we think. We think that way because we're trained that way. Mm -hmm. And when we get into business, we need to start thinking differently to get the results that we want. We can't use the same level of thinking, especially if that thinking is is, is really drilled into clinical, which then creates this weird paradox. It's like, yeah, but I'm a clinician too. And it's like, yeah, you are and you will be for the rest of your life. But you also have to then understand some of the business challenges that you're having, if you want to grow your business. But that's what creates the excitement. That's what being an entrepreneur, being a business owner is all about. It's not for everybody, 
But for the people it is about, if you're going to do it, you, you might as well be successful doing it, right? Agreed, right? I mean, that's the whole goal <laughs> of having a business, right? You know, anyone can have a, a, a broke-ass business that doesn't succeed and get frustrated and burned out. Anyone can do that. That's easy. It's the other part that takes a little bit more of know-how and effort and grit. Yes. And SLPs as like PTs, we got it. We got that grit. We, we can get through school it. if we didn't. I'll say if we can get through graduate school, we can do this, right? Amen. Amen. So, Jamie, it's been a pleasure having you on our show. Love to hear loved hearing your story and your enthusiasm for your field. And uh, hopefully that, you know, was infectious and can carry over into the speech pathology and occupational therapy field. We'll, we'll include all the rehab members. So absolutely. Private practice is private practice. That's right. The specialty of the solution you provide doesn't matter. All the other components are exactly the same. Agreed. So thank you, Jamie, again, for your time and expertise. Ciao. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap. That is the end of our two-part interview with Jamie Schreier. Be sure to check out the show notes. If you love our show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It goes a long way. Also, if you know anyone who is interested in being a sponsor of our podcast, please feel free to email us. Our email is provided below in the show notes. Stay safe, everyone, and have a great night. New episode to be released next Monday. Bye.